You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentaries Global Rankings. Good morning, welcome to the show. Wednesday, November the 17th. Thanks to Tom for all his hard work yesterday. I'm now safely ensconced in Bahrain, ahead of the half a million pound Bahrain International Trophy that'll take place on Friday. Charlie Appleby looking to add to his recent international luster, courtesy of Zakuski and Barney Roy. But it's to another Charlie I'll be talking later in the programme, Charlie Hills, because he runs his grand old servant Pogo. And I ask him why he's here in Bahrain and what plans he might have internationally for the rest of the winter. On to matters closer to home. Home. We will be continuing our discussion of the developing story uh, concerning the drugs raid in Ireland. We'll be reflecting on Newbury's Gallops Day yesterday, looking ahead to the Betfair Chase weekend at Haydock in the company of Christian Williams, the trainer of Waiting Patiently, and Harry Derham, assistant trainer to Paul Nichols, who's also very interesting about why you would take horses to an away morning such as yesterday's televised gallop at Newbury. But first of all, to Ireland we go and to Limerick yesterday and trainer Philip Rothwell, who enjoyed such a great day when training his first winner at Cheltenham in 15 years on Friday and we saw him in floods of tears. Well, he was practically in tears for a different reason yesterday at Limerick because he fell foul of the stewards and Jane Mangan is here uh, to tell you why. Well, the uh, handicap heard at Limerick, I actually watched it live and I have watched the replay since uh, he had a four-year-old here running in his first handicap, a horse called Duffy's Hottie. Uh, Adam Short was on the horse for the first time and ultimately he jumped off towards the rear um, and he came home to good effect. Um, post-race, Adam came into the stewards and reported the horse to have jumped and hung left. Uh, he was also reported to have lost a uh, left hind shoe in running. But uh, the stewards did hold a running and riding inquiry and they deemed uh, both Philip, Philip and Adam to be in breach of Rule uh, 212A, uh, running and riding rule. They had um, they fined Philip Rothwell two grand. They suspended Adam for 10 days and the horse for 60 days. Um, I re-watched the race after I, I saw um, Philip's interview with Gary O'Brien. And if I'm brutally honest... I can understand why the stewards did what they did. Uh, there was also an interesting, in the very same race, a horse called Strong Roots, who was un- subject to strong market support. Um, he eventually ended up going off favourite, and he jumped off towards the rear with Duffy's Hoddy. They, they actually raced upsides for much of the race. Now, the eventual winner raced back there as well, Lake Chad. But Strong Roots is also subject to uh, running and riding inquiry. But Gavin Bruder, the, the length of the Duffy's Hoddy inquiry went on long enough that they were going to have the Strong Roots inquiry after the next race. And Gavin Bruder sustained a fall in the next race and he had to be detained in the med- medical centre. So ultimately the stewards had to refer that inquiry to the referrals committee for further hearing. But Strong Roots also in hot water. Philip Rothwell gave a passionate uh, explanation post-race, but if I'm honest, I can see why the stewards made the decision they did. 
Are the stewards in Ireland getting better at picking out horses that aren't doing their best or are perceived not to be doing their best, do you think? Because it's been the subject of a bit of debate uh, in recent seasons. And uh, I could equally apply this to the UK. I don't know if they're getting better or if they... I, I have always thought they were there to good effect. Um, I, I wouldn't have thought that it was a big issue over here. We've, we've a lot of issues over here. I'm not sure the stewards in terms of running and riding are getting any better or worse. Um, the, the interference rules over here is probably what needs to be looked at in light of you know, Irish Champions Weekend and some lesser high prof- uh, lesser profile interference incidences. But when it comes to running and riding, I, I don't think we're too badly off over here. Right. That's Philip Rothwell. Rather more serious and rather more fundamental what have you made of the the John Warwick case over the last few days? I mean, there hasn't been any further news since last we did this podcast, but it would be remiss of me not to get your reflections on what you've read and seen. Yes, sure. Nick, to be honest, I've read everything and listened to everything like I'd imagine most of us have to try and ascertain as much information as possible, but it doesn't seem to matter because we're very limited in what we actually know. Concrete evidence is very scarce in the ground. Look, it's over 12 months since Jim Bulger, rightly or wrongly, lit a fire. And at various points in the last 12 months, there have been fans on those flames. And I think last week, um, when this raid happened, there was a gallon of petrol poured on that flame and it erupted. But ultimately, following that raid, all we have to go on is skeletons um, we don't know what the remedy that was seized is. They have his phone to analyze his contacts. We have a list of trainers who attended his clinic. But the only thing that I, I've ever heard everything that has been said, the only thing that I really would like to stress, is this is a department-led investigation, so this is targeted at them. Ordinarily, when a horse passes a drug test, you, you, don't, you never hear of it. You, know, you don't get a call to say, well done, your horse passed the drug test, you're going to keep the race. You only hear of a negative. Uh, you only hear of a failed test. So in this case, I think it's incredibly important that we get told in good time if these horses pass. We don't just want to hear negatives. We don't want to just hear failures. We need, we need to hear passes. And of course, John himself is going to be investigated. Those various trainers are most definitely going to get visits from the department. If they haven't already, they're going to be absolutely investigated to, to scrupulous um, detail. But Ultimately, you have to be very careful in what you say, because until we know exactly what the remedies are, we're quite limited in what we can say. The only other thing I would say is now that we have a specific drug and it isn't meant to be in this country, so it is illegal, the IHRB can specifically test for that going forward. So we are led to believe that it is undetectable. Well, is it undetectable if you know what it is? Um, it was, a, it was a major development. It's something very much a hot topic. But I would stress to anybody who is in conversation or discussing it in the media that it has been sensationalized in various different angles. And the amount of contradictory statements I have read in different publications is disappointing. Um, and that's where I stand on it. And I'm sure this is just another chapter in what is going to develop uh, over the for, over the next weeks and months, and I was asked. Uh, we were we were preparing for our coverage at the weekend, and Punchestown was a very big weekend last weekend for the Morgiana. 
and the amount of development that happened from Friday night to Sunday morning was incredible. So it's a fast uh, developing story. But when this started 12 months ago, Nick, when you think about how much detail we have between now and then, not a lot has actually come out solid concrete evidence. And that, that is just what I would be airing on the side of caution when discussing it. So on to matters on the track. The Betfair Chase at Haydock Park this Saturday is the first open three-mile grade one staying chase run in the UK. And it is an Irish horse, the Gold Cup runner-up, Apluta, who heads the market. More of his chance in a few moments. But one of the more intriguing contenders is waiting patiently, sparsely campaigned in recent seasons. He's now with a new trainer, Christian Williams, to whom I spoke a little earlier on uh, at his base near Bridgend in South Wales. There's quite a lot of uh, heavy artillery and farm machinery in this clip, so apologies for the slightly ropey audio, but you'll you'll get the gist. Uh, and as Christian is about to tell you, uh, he was very excited to receive a horse of this calibre. That was just great, even from the phone call, to say that he was coming. It was obviously a great surprise, and um, you know, just a big boost for the yard. Even before you look at the horse, you just look through his form and get excited. So it's just a, just a big boost for the yard. You know, we worked hard for from when we started, and to be getting phone calls, um, to be getting phone calls of Richard Collins to train to train that type of horse is um, obviously tough for the yard. He came from, he came up with a legitimate um, reason to be sending him. So it's great, great for our, great for our, great for our yard. What do you think it was about your yard? Because you do do things slightly different that attracted Richard. What did he say to you, the, the, the reason why he'd sent him to you? Yeah, just something different really with the horse, with the water and um, and the horse seems to like soft ground. We train him, train him on the deep sand so, and the horse obviously didn't have much mileage so <clears throat> just guessing that way he wasn't 100% straightforward to train so we thought that the, horse, that the latter part of the horse's career that um, it was just, just worth looking outside the box a little bit. He, he took a view that he wouldn't have sent it to a Nicky Henderson or a Paul Nichols, just, just sent it to us because it was different, that's all. So he was, I don't think he's any falling out with Ruth or, you know, she did a great job. Malcolm, his father, wonderful man, did a great job with the horse and uh, Ruth then after. So we were just in a lucky position then to, to obviously for the horse to be sent. I mean, so it's we sort of imagine that because he's had so few runs, he must be very difficult to train and, and very fragile. I mean, what have you seen since you've had him? I'm not sure whether we've been lucky, but we just seem to have had a great run with him up until now. So don't want to sound too confident. It's um, only Wednesday today, and, and uh, day two, three days can be can be a long time with horses involved. But um, no, he seems to be in a good place at the moment, and we've had no blips. We've had no blips along the way. Okay, it might sound a slightly stupid question, but obviously some horses really show their hand at home and others don't. If you hadn't known what he had already done, would you know that he was a good horse just from being around him and riding him? Yeah, he certainly works to his rating, so you'd know, um, you know, we didn't know the name of the horse and he worked, I mean, you get quite excited. So, as far as Saturday's concerned, you look at the opposition, um, how are you, you going to play it and who's going to ride him? Uh, Brian Hughes will ride him, um, the owner thought Brian had a good relationship with the horse, he doesn't run very often, so we thought if we put a new rider on Jack or someone that the horse may only run three times this year and it might take Jack one or two runs to get used to him maybe and, and any season would be over then, so you know the owner um, 
the owner wanted to, wanted to be loyal to Brian. Brian knows the horse very well, so there was no real need for, for any jockey change. And uh, Christian, am I right in thinking that uh, if he if he gets through this okay, you'll you'll aim towards the King George? Yeah, that was the aim. That's it, Chase King George. So um, no, they were two two main aims, obviously, beside the. It's like Christmas. It's like the New Year. Just, I know I've kept you long enough, but just before you go, I know were you at Newbury yesterday for the for the gallops morning with with Kitty's Light, your your Ladbrokes Trophy contender? Yeah, we had a great day yesterday. Took Kitty's Light, and um, he went round to Captain Ord and the young horse, and he seems in great form. And you know, we got a bit of a spring in our step at the moment on the yard. Everything seems to be going nicely, so we we carry plenty of confidence. And, and there's been quite a lot of talk about these these sort of racecourse gallops. You're not someone who's frightened of running horses as a general rule. You'll get on and, and run them. But, you know, from your perspective, what what advantage does that give you, particularly with horses who've been there, seen it, done it? Our kids like had two runs this year. We didn't go there yesterday for, um, for any fitness. But, you know, the way we train them at home, they're fairly relaxed most days. They never really get an act up or sweat in, in, in the work we do with them at home. So it probably doesn't do our, do our horses the world good to go on a lorry just have a change go to the race course and just just great great for the yard you know it's great for the staff in the yard to go and Nicky my brother Alice Carlia to, to go and have a canter around Newbury and um, you know that's what it's all about this they just went for a day out and it's great to be invited to places like that you know profile for the yard it's great to be in a place for horses put us in a position to, to, to get an invite to to go to places like that so we, we grasp the opportunity with both hands Christian Williams there on Kitty's Light and before that on Waiting Patiently, who will have to lower the colours of none other than Aplutar in the Betfair chase on Saturday. Jane, talk to me about Aplutar and whether this is a suitable starting point for his season. Well, Aplutar has one necessity and that is a left-handed track. That's what he's shown in his best form in the past and I think that's, it's crucial to him. Like Manila Indo in Down Royal, I don't expect Aplutar to be ripe and ready in November. He's got a big target and it's probably not this. In contrast, Bristol Demai is all out for to, to record to equal the Cato Star record of four wins in this race. So that's the contrast. You have Manila Indo and Frodon at Down Royal where, you know, come the future, we might be reversing roles there. Uh, but Aplutar going over, he is Still only a seven rising eight-year-old. Bristol Mai, 10 rising 11. Uh, and I think Aplutar, I think he shouldn't have to be at his best to put Bristol to my way. And I don't want to insult the grey horse. He's been a brilliant servant. But Aplutar nearly won a Gold Cup. Uh, next destination, waiting patiently, a debut runner now for Christian Williams. So interesting to see how he gets on. If Also, if Royal Pagoy uh, runs in the race. But Aplutar brings the class form to the race. Just go back to his... Savile's chase at Christmas in Leopardstown, beating Kemboy. Unbelievable staying power this horse has. Uh, he's rated 172 for a reason. He's one of the best at this side anyway. Right, well, another man who was at Newbury yesterday was Harry Derham, assistant to trainer Paul Nichols. They took a glut of really talented horses for the, the gallops morning there. Um, Harry, how was it for you personally? I, I reckon you might have enjoyed yourself yesterday. Did very much enjoy myself, Nick. Um, it's been a while since I've ridden on the track, and a while since I've ridden one that nice. Uh, Rode Montmorel, uh, followed Enrillo and Clandesobe, and Flash Collange and Cap Course followed me. Um, you know, it was a really good day out. It was good of Newbury to let us do it, and um, I think the horses enjoyed it as well. 
Uh, yeah, so um, there's, there's been quite a lot of chatter about the, the point of this and, and what it does for a, a yard like yours and the horses that you're preparing for these, for these races. So talk me through it from your perspective. What would you take there and why would you do it? Well, if, if horses are getting ready for important races, then obviously it's very important that they're in good condition for it. it it's not, um, you know, anyone that watched that yesterday, you can see it's, it's not a race. They're not. They're not going hell for leather. They're not going really fast. They just do a nice half speed ride and quick it up for a couple of furlongs. It's a very important part of their training. I think the reason it got coverage yesterday is because obviously it was televised and and all of those things. But racecourse gallops are an important part of the training process that that horses go through on on a regular basis. And um, you know the fact that Newbury did it so well yesterday. I think you know got a bit got a bit of coverage, but. But, but racecourse gallops are, are not a new thing for horses, and um, they're you know if you're for, for example Enrillo, who was who's going to go to the Labrook Trophy, it's a very important race. Um, he can be a little bit fresh early on in the season, so you didn't want to go to the Labrook Trophy having not been away from home um, and run the risk of him doing too much for a mile. So you take him there yesterday. Hopefully that just knocks the top top off him nicely, and he'll you know he'll race sensibly come next Saturday. Yeah, I mean that, and that's that. That's the point, isn't it? It, it, it? I suppose it's it's trying to bring them to a place that you want them mentally, without without doing too much with them to take the to take the edge off. Very much so, and it, and, it, and you're right. It is as much a, a mental thing as it is, you know, physical. I mean, and Rillo's a fit horse, but the day out yesterday would have done him the world of good. Um, you know, it, it is a different thing. They'd go on the lorry, they travel for an hour and a half, they get somewhere new, get that heart rate up. It, it, it's a different thing, and it's very good for them. And if you're aiming for big races, you 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 know they need to be right. And um, uh, race course gallop is is a is an important part of that process sometimes. Uh, so, what was the thinking behind, say, going to Newbury with Inrillo and Haydock this week with with Next Destination? Because their horses are sort of quite comparable ability, aren't they? They are. Um, I mean, the the thinking with Next Destination was always that the ground typically is very soft at Haydock, and he would have enjoyed that stamina test. Now, it doesn't look like it's going to be quite as deep. Um, uh, this year, but he's a, he's a high class horse, and we feel that you know he 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 deserves his chance in a race of that class, and that will tell us uh, where we are in terms of in terms of where we go after that. And then Rillo, you know, he was his form came in handicap last year, um, so you would hope that he has the right type of profile for the Labrador Trophy, and who knows, one day he might improve to. Um, be a grade one horse but he he in terms of the right kind of profile for the Labrador Trophy it fits the bill. Uh, Harry Derham there and, and before Harry Christian Williams had talked also about the benefits of taking horses for an away day and that that's that's always happened as last year the fact that there was a little bit more a celebration of this and it was televised and Racing TV did a really comprehensive and great job with it Rishi Passad, Steve Mellish, Richard Hoyles yeah, it provoked a little bit of a backlash saying, well, aren't these horses supposed to be running rather than doing public gallops? But so long as that's not a substitute for a race, I say, well, you're getting access to, to more horses, Jane. This happens in Ireland all the time. Willie Mullins and Gordon Elliott doesn't just gallop their horses at home. Aidan O'Brien always took his horses to the Curra before he started, or Nace as it was now. That was never high profile, I suppose, because they didn't comment on it and it wasn't on television. It's something that happens regularly over here and it gets no traction and I don't see it being any different for Colin Tizard or Nicky Henderson. Now I know you want to just have a little look back to, to the weekend because I, 
I've got a feeling that you have a view on the two-day suspension given to Bryony Frost uh, for her ride on Yala Enki for, quote-unquote, causing causing interference. What did you think of this? Oh, my God. I couldn't believe she got a ban for this. If this isn't overturned, then race riding and the game of tactics, and it was no more, it was not malicious. It was not intentional. Yala Enki jumped fractionally to his right. Niall Houlihan was going for the inside. He wasn't going to get there. She was just fixing her horse to get her position back on the rail. That was race riding. I could not. When I watched the race, I didn't see any interference. I didn't, nothing, I didn't notice anything. And then I heard the news after and I had to review the race. I, I think this is unbelievable. I, I, I cannot understand how a steward or any stewards would deem Bryony Frost to have broken any rule there. It makes no sense. And if it isn't overturned, then the game of race riding is over. Well, I hope the game's not over because uh, if it is, then they wouldn't be able to make this new documentary series that's being mooted and that Bill Barber, the industry editor, has splashed on the front of the Racing Post this morning. And that's that the company behind Drive to Survive, the hugely successful F1 documentary series, uh, has pitched a racing equivalent to Netflix in association with Sky Sports Racing. And it is reported that there is another conglomerate uh, trying to do something quite similar. Nothing not to like about this, is there really? Yes, it's a very pleasing, positive news headline to read this morning. Um, look, I suppose if it's in its infancy and if it's only in discussions, then it really is just um, something that we hope will develop into a project in the future. But Drive to Survive was one of uh, one of my guilty pleasures throughout uh, COVID lockdown. I really enjoyed it. And I think like many people, um, having never watched Formula One, it, it stemmed a really... Yeah, just an interest in Formula One, I, I would end up watching the sport. And I know there's numbers in this article which basically reflect that this Formula One popularity has soared since the series. And that it can only be good for racing if that actually eventually happens. Uh, also good that there are competition between production companies uh, for this idea because we don't want somebody to just do this for the sake of doing it and fill a gap. We want this to be done properly and if they're in discussions with Sky Sports Racing, uh, Netflix, all the various different bodies, um, I, I think this is obviously, everybody knows it's, it's a positive news headline, but I actually hope it comes to fruition. Well, I'm here in Bahrain this week for the third running of the Bahrain International Trophy, £500,000. And one of the more interesting runners is Charlie Hills' Pogo, who's been a fabulous servant of connections here with the owners, Gary and Lynette Woodward. But Charlie joins me now to, to talk about the horse's chances. Charlie, first of all, I mean, how do you find the trip to, to Bahrain relative to, to the other international um, forays you go on around the world? Yeah, no, it's it's great. You know, it's very well organised. Um, the horse has been out here a good, good week before and... He seems to um, travel great, and they're well looked after. They've got a new facility um, with the quarantine barns, and that looks great, and the horses seem to enjoy themselves. And why would you bring a horse like Pogo here? Where does he sort of fit to, to, to be suitable for this race? Well, um, you know, it's the first time we're trying over a mile and a quarter, uh, but it seems to lend itself well to, to milers. Um, we sent a, brought a horse over, Afat, two years ago, who is a, you know, a miler, and he, he hit the line hard. So, you know, they sort of turn in at the back of the top of the uh, back straight there and it's all downhill from there really and the key is you don't want to be too far back i don't think that's right so it's, it does suit the speed horses so you even ride him handy even though he's even though he's running over a little bit further 
I think so, yeah. You've got to get the trip. There's no point trying to, you know, give him a chance to get the trip. I think, you know, we'll, um, he's a horse that likes to be handy and we're probably riding that way. I mean, the draw hasn't been conducted yet, but do you think you need an inside draw to be seen to best effect? I think, you know, if we, if we come out the hat early on, yeah, sure, we'll... We'll um, love a draw sort of one to six. And in terms of the track itself, people who haven't been here, you know, how would you describe it? Yeah, it's great. You know, the, the, um, the turf track, it's in great, great nick. It's, um, you know, Neil's done a fantastic job. It's a nice galloping long straight. Um, you know, for me, it's, a, it's an ideal track. And it's a lovely way of you and your team be able to keep interest and keep busy through the winter. I mean, how many horses would you have on the go back home through the winter? Uh, we'd have a good sort of 25, 30 um, looking to run probably through the winter. So, you know, it's, it's busy enough um, this stage, but certainly quieter what it is like in the summer. And any ideas about taking other horses abroad, perhaps to this part of the world, for the, for the rest, of the, for the rest of the season? Yeah, we're going to bring one over for the Bahrainian uh, Carnival. So that'll be a, a, a first. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, to, to see how that goes on. And who's going who's to come over for that? Um, well, we'll see. I haven't really decided yet, but it needs to be decided soon. Okay, so you are going to bring horses out for that? Yeah, we've got one horse called King's Knight. Yeah. Okay, excellent. Looking forward to seeing him. Best of luck with Pogo at the weekend, Charlie. Thanks, Nick. Cheers. Right, from Bahrain to Hong Kong, and here's J.A. McGrath. Well, first some good news for those horsemen travelling to Hong Kong next month. So come in trainers William Haggis and William Muir, who both plan to have runners at the big international meeting at Sha Tin on December the 12th. The Hong Kong Jockey Club have successfully negotiated with the Hong Kong government to allow trainers and jockeys associated with visiting horses to fly in the week of the Hong Kong International Races and to depart shortly after the big day. They'll come in classified as elite athletes. They'll be flying in on a private plane chartered by the Jockey Club. They'll remain in a racing bubble for the duration of their stay. That means no shopping trips to Kowloon or visits to the local tailor. And they'll be bussed to and from Sha Tin for training gallops and the race day itself. It worked well last year and officials have convinced the government that it can work well again. There will be a repeat. Don't forget, for normal travellers to Hong Kong, there is a mandatory three-week hotel quarantine to be completed. That means staying in your room, no windows opened, meals delivered to your room, and of course, all at your own expense. Last night, when I spoke to William Muir, who sends pile driver for the mile-and-a-half vase, he was like a prisoner who'd been granted a reprieve. And without the elite athlete exemption, he would have felt like a prisoner in his hotel room, I have no doubt. But he said, and he makes a good point, it's the owners I feel sorry for. They would have to do the three weeks, and they weren't prepared to do that. Frankly, who could blame them? Pile Driver has thrived since the winning pipe opener at Lingfield on Saturday, according to his trainer, and he's on target for the big December mission prior to campaigning in the Middle East early in the new year. William Haggis is sending the rapidly improving Dubai Honour for the Cup over a mile and a quarter. That's an ideal target considering his fine second to seal away in the champion stakes. But enough of the future. What about the present? There's a really good nine-race card at Happy Valley today and a couple of interesting horses to follow to be ridden by Hong Kong's dynamic duo Joe Moreira and Zach Purton. And both are first-time rides for them. The Magic Man rides the one I have been pointed as the day's best bet, Race 8, number 5, California Sybil. 
And Aussie Yim Fort, who's very speedy and quite talented. He should lead all the way from his inside draw, take him in multiples, including the Toad Swinger, with three simply fluke and one classic posh. Zack rides Dougie White's Harmony Fire, race six, number one. This horse has the necessary class, but for multiples, put in newcomer number seven, Escape Route. You might remember he finished third for Richard Fahey in the July stakes at Newmarket last year. He's now with John Size, whose stable are now coming into form. That's all on the Hong Kong beat for now. It's only left for me to bid you good luck and good punting. Well, thanks to Jim, as always, and great to hear that good news for uh, the Williams, Muir and Haggis, ahead of their bids to campaign internationally in Hong Kong. Uh, thanks to Harry Derham, to Christian Williams, to Charlie Hills, and, of course, to Jane, who has a tip for you. Well, there is a racing in Dundalk, which is probably not my forte, uh, Nick, so I'm going to go to Warwick, going to go for Nicky Henderson and J.P. McManus. He's got some interesting runners today in Queen's River. She was a point-to-point winner at Boonta last year for Aidan Fitzgerald. This mare's sister, Cape Tower's sister, to the long mile, who's very useful for JP. So with Aidan Coleman during the steering, I like Queen's River in the 105 at Warwick. Jane, thanks so much. Thank you for listening. We'll do it all again tomorrow. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Thank you.